Hola, and welcome to episode 51 of Word to Your Mama. Today we have sculptor and monster maker Vanessa Ramirez. That is correct. We get into how a Mexican introvert became an artist, her transition from 2D to 3D, about Vanessa embracing the cute to create her solitary monsters, how her drawings convey puffiness similar to the ghost in City of Ghosts, one of my favorite shows. Please check it out on Netflix. Then Vanessa and I, two brown women, get hella real about mental health and how we both fuck with Brennan Brown heavy. She's fantastic. I learned a lot from this conversation, even though we've known each other for a, a while. And after the convo, we ended up staying on, you know, on the Zoom for, I think, maybe like another hour or more and just getting into it. And it, it was great conversations recorded and post. So I really, really appreciate it. I think you'll love her. I think you'll love the insight. Um, you know, just trying to 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 spread the word. There's not that many of us out there. And I, I just love connecting with other Latinx, Latinx, Latine artists that are that, you know, are in similar, similar worlds. So, yeah. And also there was the beginning part that I left in that I was going to cut out. But I just wanted you to guys to know and realize uh, two Mexicans. We we were early. Proof. Proof positive. We were early. <laughs> All right. So let's get into this. Look. Hey, what's going on? Look who's early to the party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I try not to be too Mexican when it comes to getting the things. <laughs> uh, I was like, let's see. I was like, let me go early. I was like, let me, let me not stress her out. I don't know. You know, we are Latina. <laughs> you know, we're Latinas up in here. We don't know. We don't might be on, you know, Latino time. Yeah, it can happen. <laughs> <laughs> What's going down, Vanessa? Oh, same old, same old. Just working, working, working. How you doing? You know, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm alive. <laughs> right? Some days that's enough. <laughs> that's enough. I woke up. I will, I'm breathing. Uh, <laughs> but you're good. Like before we start, start. Uh, I'll cut this part part off before I start, start. Um, just because I forgot to ask you ahead of time. Anything off limits? No. Anything like this? Let's not talk about da 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 da. You're good. Yeah, no, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna hide. No. <laughs> okay, then we're about to get into it. I'll just play. Don't be afraid. <laughs> Too late. Vanessa, thank you so much. I appreciate you, you know, coming coming through and doing this because I know you're busy. Um but I, like I say, in almost every episode, I just really like bringing people on that I know, whether I know them very well or I don't know them as well. I find out more shit when we have these conversations. You know what I mean? Like, it's a different thing. We're not chilling, drinking coffee, people watching. You know, you and I are conversing one-on-one, -on -one, you know, and I get to learn more about you. But first and foremost, how are you doing? How's the I'm pandemic good. been for you? Um, 
you know, it's funny because before the pandemic, I was pretty isolated anyway. I was only going to the office like two days, two or three days a week. And I, we were already changing over to work from home right before it hit. So, and you know, it's, it hasn't, the only thing that's really changed is I don't wear, uh, you know, jeans anymore. I'm in, I, I'm in full-time leisure wear. <laughs> so that's the only thing that's changed for you? For the most part. I mean, it's nice to not have to drive anywhere. I was driving like an hour and a half. Oh, well, like, well an hour two and about an hour, 15, hour 20 back every day. Um, well, when I went in the office. Where, 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 is your, where was your office? Newberry Park. What? What is that? It's in, <laughs> that's in Ventura. <laughs> oh, I've never heard of that before in my life. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's in Ventura. It's uh, just past Simi Valley, past Thousand Oaks. And that's the name of the, of the, of the neighborhood? Yeah, yeah. Newberry Park. Yeah, I've never heard of that. You learn something every, new every day. Yeah. Well, I drive. It sucks. Sucks being in the car. I don't miss that for nothing. I don't miss it at all. I mean, I was working early, early hours. I was going to work at, I was getting to work at six. I was leaving the house at like 4.45. Shut up. So that I could leave work at like two. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. Back it up. You were leaving your house at 4.45? Yeah. So what time did you have to wake up? 3.30, 3 o'clock. I mean, 3.30, oh, 4 o'clock. Goodness. And what yeah. time did you go Mimi's? Uh, midnight. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Sometimes, like, I would go nocturnal and I would um, I would sleep for a couple hours when I would get home. Mm. And then I would, you know, because I, I have a full-time job and then, you know, I make the things. Yeah, you got to do that afterwards. And then that's nice to do it late at night, the dead time, as I like to call it. Like, after everyone goes memes. But you got to wake up. So you just say, fuck it. I'm not going to go memes. What's that? I'll take a nap. It's fine. That's crazy. So now that you work from home, you, you don't have to travel. So you just have to be ready to roll from your computer. What time? Um, well, I changed my schedule recently, probably in the last couple months. So I'm working four tens. So um, I basically am ready to go at six in the morning, and I work mm-hmm. until about four in the afternoonish. And I just uh, and I, but at least I have like Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to get other, you know to focus on things. So oh, no, and I, nice. I still work. I still work after I work, but. It's nice having that extra day. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Then it's worth it. Damn. I, so would you say you're a morning person or just because you have to? Be oh, because I have to. Yeah. I'm a night person. Like if I if if given the opportunity, the thing is I wake up early even when I'm not working. Mm-hmm. But I, I like being up late. Yeah. It's so quiet and chill. And it's just, you know. It's just so easy to get in the in the zone and just really focus and just get shit done. Yeah. It's that vibe I like to tell people that aren't creatives. It's that it's a quietness vibe. Like even if you don't live with people, it's like the whole the surroundings, the county, the state, like everyone's memes. It's a quiet vibe. And yeah, I, there's no interruptions. There's um, you know, just put on some music and just work and like get lost in what you're doing and um 
And you know, you're not, it's not like you have to be anywhere. It's not like I have to really worry about, you know, and I miss that part of it, you know, being able to be up super late. Um, that's why the weekends mess me up because I'm like, all of a sudden I'm up at like two, three in the morning. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna pay for this later. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy timers. Um, okay, so let's start from the beginning, Vanessa. Okay. Where were you born and raised? Um, I was born in Sun Valley, California, here. It's in uh, the Valley. Sun yeah. Valley. Now, Sun Valley, I do know of because when I was in college, one of my good friends whose family now, Danny, uh, he, he was gay, but he hadn't come out yet. And he told people he had a girlfriend in Sun Valley. <laughs> that was the cover. <laughs> Well, now it's like Sun Valley. Whoa. <laughs> but back really? then it wasn't so bad. Yeah. 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 yeah my grandma like, lives in Arlita. Yeah. What was that? yeah. And my grandma lives in Arlita. So it's like right there. So I think that's kind of like where my parents live. So that's why I was born in like Sun Valley. Oh. Yeah. So, so now I actually really know someone from Sun Valley. <laughs> <Too>. <laughs> it's not a cover. <laughs> no, not a cover. <laughs> and um, I know, I know you're. You know, Latina, Latinequis, Latina, whatever you, however you identify, but w- from where? Where are your people's from? Where are you from? Um, so my like my mom's from Zacatecas. She's from mm. like my they're all from there, and they were born there, and then they moved here when they were younger. Um, my great grandma was actually born here, and at that time they had started putting people back on buses and you know like because they were doing the whole immigration reform and they basically just shoved a bunch of brown people on the bus and shoved them back over so she was one of those people and then she found out she was a citizen later because she was just a little girl so she was able to come over and then that's how they were able to make a way for like my grandparents to like basically pay for all the kids to come over here and to get citizenship so uh, well eventually like some I think most of my aunts like my mom are citizens now but yeah they were all born so my mom was from the motherland wow that's awesome that's that's crazy right that like your abuelita didn't know until later oh I'm a citizen yeah 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 it's you know it's, it's funny because I, at least the story that I was told and I was like yeah that's crazy um and my dad it comes by the way of Texas or something to that effect and he he's so, uh, Tex Mex. Uh, I guess I don't know much about it. Uh, oh, got it, got it. Yeah. Same thing, same thing. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Vanessa, yeah, your name saying your name is crazy because I just found out this past year that I have a group of siblings oh, that I didn't know about. Surprise. And then one of the and then the one that I've been in contact with. Her name is Vanessa. So I have a sister. Named oh, Vanessa. nice. Yeah. So little, little Vanessa tidbit. Um, so when, when did you, when was the moment that you knew you were into art, you're creative, or you're like, oh, I'm going to be an artist. This is it. When was um, that moment? Well, I didn't grow up here. Um, I, my dad was army, so we were all over the place growing up. So I actually grew up like in, um, we spent some time in Hawaii. We spent some time in Kentucky, Tennessee. Holy shit. Um, yeah. And Texas. So, um, I wasn't really around a lot of people who were arty and into arts. 
And the first time I realized like I could like draw, like I would draw stuff like at school and like, I love like the painting part of it. And I would bring my mom things. And she said that she had so many, like she ended up having to like, she like, I, I laugh because I joke with her. I'm like, how can you throw away all my artwork? She's like, you just did so much of it. I couldn't keep it all. <laughs> Prolific at so. a young age. Yeah. So I would just make a bunch of stuff and I love that part of it, but you know, it wasn't like something that was like necessarily like encouraged or anything, but we came to visit my, um, my family out here and my uncle was sitting there and I remember it so clearly they were like living at my grandma's house and he was drawing cars and I was watching him really intently and I was like, Ooh, and then I kept trying to replicate it. And then I was sitting in my grandma's room and everybody else was playing and stuff. And I was drawing um the car over and over and over again and my dad came in and he said oh what are you he's like what are you doing I was like oh, I'm drawing and he, he saw what I was doing and he's like um there was like some loteria cards or something there mm. and he grabbed I remember he grabbed like the rose card or something and he said can you draw this and I was drawing it the way that I could and so it just yeah I mean it was great but it was I drew rose and I just remember that moment and I was like this is cool so like I would doodle all the time um like when we would get a little bit of money or something they would take us somewhere and i remember we'd go to like toys r us or we'd go to like um we were in the military so we'd go to like the px and i would buy like pencils or i would buy like paper or something like that and i would draw like um if i would get coloring books i would draw like what was in the coloring book mm. or um like if my dad had comics i would draw that and then i just took some classes in like in school like high school and stuff like that and then i just stopped afterwards you know because I had to do life stuff and um I didn't draw for a lot of years and here and there I'd get like a sketchbook and I would doodle a little bit and and then I would never do it again for years again and then about 10 years ago um I was super frustrated at work um because they basically the lady who I was working for was really like she had a set line of what she wanted and she didn't really want to deviate from that so I was just making what she wanted and it was a really frustrating time. So I was like, I need, you know, I, I had tried to get like into art college and I had done some like life drawing and I had done all this stuff trying to build up a portfolio. And, um, and then I just decided to kind of like, I was, so I was still taking classes and I was like, I need to do something. And then I just had these ideas to draw again. And I was like, I'm just going to keep drawing it and, you know, going to do it every day. And I just started drawing again. And at first, I didn't know what to draw, so I would, like, go on, what was it, Flickr or whatever, and I would just look at pictures of, like, dogs or whatever, and I would just doodle them and just try to get back into that, but just as long as I drew every day, and, you know, and before I knew it, like, I was, you know, I was messing around, you know, I had been collecting toys and stuff, and I saw people, like, customizing. I was like, oh, I'm going to try that, and um, and I did it really badly, and... Uh, <laughs> And I just kept drawing. And then I took, um, so that was basically what got me back into being an artist before I go too far. But yeah, so that's what got me back into being an artist is I was just frustrated at work and I needed something to do. And what, what, were, what, was, what were you doing at work? Uh, I mean, I'm a graphic designer. I'm still doing it. Um, and, uh, but when I was working for, so the company I worked for, I worked forever, but I've worked in, but I've worked for three different owners. Oh. So the owner now is different, but we I was doing promotional products. So I was, um, I was basically designing like labeling and packaging for kits. And then I was like running labels and stuff like that. Just really, you know, and taking pictures and stuff like that, like for, for catalog and stuff, but that's about it. 
And so that's how that's how I met you, right? Because then you got into the toy world. And how did that happen? Um, well, I was collecting first and then um I started getting on like I, I joined Twitter and I was like, okay, I'm enjoying Instagram, so I could start sharing my drawings and you know what I'm doing. And I was like starting to teach myself like how to what I thought, you know, I was trying like customs and stuff like that. And then, you know, um yeah, so I was just doing this whole line art thing. It was like back before when I was doing like mustaches. I don't know if you I remember, remember that. I remember yeah. those. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. I remember that style. Yeah. And it was specific. Like you, if you saw it, you were, you knew it was you. Yeah. So I just kind of, that just kind of came out of nowhere. And I started doing that. And then I took this, I was taking this like a uh, character design class. And um, out of nowhere, you know, monsters came up and, you know, I was trying to teach myself how to sculpt. So I had done some like, fan arty stuff and you know and I kind of decided I didn't want to do that go that route I wanted yeah. to do something different um because I didn't have a style at that time you know it, it's fine to do fan art and all that but like I feel like the best of it is when it's stylized and you have a style and you use your style to adjust that you know I think yeah. that's the the best versions of it and that's what wasn't what was happening so I was like you know I'm just going to try to do my own thing and see what happens and I started teaching myself how to sculpt and um, so I was on like forums and I was like on Twitter and I was on Instagram and obviously Facebook, you know, all of those. And I started like chit chatting with people. And, um, that's where I ran into Hannah. Nice. Um, Shout out to Hannah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, that's where I met a few other people. And, um, one of the people that liked what I was doing and, and became a friend, his name was Matt Heisey. And he used to do a blog called Toy Pinionated. Mm. And he decided to buy a booth at DesignerCon one year. I had attended, like as an attendee, the, the year before. Then he bought a booth and he invited me. And I was like, well, what am I going to do, you know? So, but I was sharing with like a bunch of people. So I just had this little corner. So I did like these little custom androids with little mustaches and all the line art. I remember I did, those. Yeah. yeah. And I did a few other things. And I did like these little prints that I actually screen printed because my uncle owned a screen printing company. And I had worked for him for many years before I was at this other place. So I went and I was able to screen print them myself. And um, so I had those and I sold like two things, but I got to see a lot of really cool stuff. And I saw resin and I was like, that's what I want to do. So I started teaching myself how to sculpt and I, I was making like random things. Like I was making like these little, like, um, like I made like, like brooches and magnets of like uh, butterflies or stuff. No, no. Bumblebees, bumblebees. Mm-hmm. And I did like um some like wall hanging stuff. And I was just doing these random things, like just ideas. So I was teaching myself how to do resin. And I think I did Potato Baby was the first monster I made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just um the monster thing stuck and I just started doing it more. And I actually met Hana at that for, at that designer con. And um I made a terrible first impression with her. Um <laughs> did she think that? Does, does oh, yeah, absolutely. That? oh yeah 100 <laughs> percent. um it's funny because you know she was like uh she came up to the booth and i was really nervous i wasn't used to that and you know i guess uh you know i have you know i have the rbf going on so um you know i don't i don't always appear the most inviting i guess especially that year i was really nervous so she she said she basically had written me off at that point but we had talked on twitter before that like we had chit-chatted and we like joked um 
And, you know, I, cause I'm, I'm, that's how I am. I'm kind of, a, a, you know, a, I like to laugh and have fun and joke and stuff. So um, I would always be like posting dumb shit. And um, so I guess because of the way I was on Twitter versus how she met me, she decided to give me an opportunity and she invited me to my first show. So I did a collaboration piece and then she kept inviting me. And so I just kept doing them and uh, people just responded and it just went from there. And well, because I was going to ask you about the monster. Cause I, I remember it's fascinating seeing uh, people's progression and being able to, because I remember those mess, the, the line art mustache, the drawings, the androids. I remember all of that. And then seeing you, you know, move into these monsters, which are super cute, like <laughs> super cute. Um, we'll talk about that in a second. But how sure. did you get into? Let me let me read something really quick. Um, sure. Because I was looking. Congratulations again on the sh- wrapping up the show at uh, Stranger Factory. Um, Thank you. This episode of Word to Your Mama is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. So I think we've all been to birthday parties at McDonald's, if you think about it. Am I right? Especially us Gen Xers. Back in the days, for my experience, you know, we didn't have much. But on the rare occasion, someone in our community or someone from my school would have a birthday party. They would have it at McDonald's. And it would be hella special because we got the little Happy Meal with the gift. But it wasn't our birthday, but we still got a little gift. And all the crew members that worked at McDonald's, it was people that we saw in the neighborhood or even people that we knew. Um, So I think McDonald's crew members might throw more birthday parties than any other employees in the world. And I think that's pretty special when you can see people from your community be a part of it. So, yeah, I'm loving it. I wanted to know why some people who get COVID-19 get it so bad. I found out it may be because they have a high risk factor, such as heart disease, diabetes, being overweight, smoking, and asthma. Even if symptoms feel mild, these factors can increase your risk of COVID-19 turning severe. So if you're at high risk and test positive, there are things you can do, like asking your healthcare provider if an authorized oral treatment is right for you. Learn about an option at treatcovid19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. Many of us have heard of the devastating passing of Hurricane Fiona through Puerto Rico, but not many of us know of ways, or better yet, trustworthy ways to help and contribute to those in need. Fiona a Través de los Ojos de los Niños is an NFT project featuring art made by children of the nonprofit school Flor de Loto in Ponce, Puerto Rico. Through their drawings, they've expressed their feelings and fears, which they went through the hurricane. You can help these children, their school, families, and communities by minting one of their NFTs at helppr.xyz. You can also help by sending crypto directly to their wallet listed on the website or do a donation through PayPal. The links can be found in the description. And to learn more about this initiative and how you can help, please visit helppr.xyz or via Twitter at helpprflm. Ayuda a tus hijos y estudiantes a llegar más lejos. Aprende más sobre la beca nacional ACER de McDonald's. Desde 1985, McDonald's ha otorgado más de 33 millones de dólares en becas. 
gánate una beca de hasta 100 mil dólares. McDonald's está dando 500 mil dólares en becas este año. Puedes ganar una de 30 becas. Hoy día, es importante seguir adelante y hacer más. A ayudar a estudiantes hispanos a hacer más que las generaciones anteriores. Hacer más de lo que se creen capaz. Hacer más de lo que pensaban que era posible. Por sí mismos, por su gente, por su cultura, por un mejor futuro. Para más información sobre la beca nacional Hacer de McDonald's, visita mcdonalds.com diagonal hacer. Aprende más. Dancing crew. Trip for two. Nail the final interview. Game with Doug. Brand new mug. Come here, kid. Give me a hug. The more you want to do, the more we want to do. Boosters designed for COVID-19 variants are now available. If you've had your primary series, schedule an updated COVID-19 booster appointment as soon as you're eligible. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. Chances are you aren't sharing an epic dinner with your friends right now, but you could be. Just book a seat at a private dining event with your Chase Sapphire Reserve card. Then get to it. A multi-course menu, insane flavors, a wine pairing. Ooh, is that crispy duck? Experience more unforgettable dinners with private dining events from Sapphire Reserve. Chase, make more of what's yours. Learn more at chase.com slash Sapphire Reserve. Cards issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member of FDIC. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Holiday season is upon us. With being Latina and the Supernatural Bear being multicultural, it is that time of year to see all kinds of family. Those that are blood-related and those, as a Supernatural Bear calls it, heart-related. How cute is that? Whether we stay in town or travel, we'll most definitely be breaking bread with familia. Holidays can be magical like that. They can bring us all together to create those special moments and memories, usually involving food. And you don't need much. It can be at the family carne asada, the family BBQ, or that traditional family holiday meal. All that matters is that we're together. All that matters is that you're together. The holidays always find a way. Enjoy the real magic of the season by surrounding yourself with good friends and family, delicious food, and of course, ice cold Coke. Coca-Cola pairs perfectly with every holiday get together. And then so I wanted to see what the name of the show was so I can talk about it here. And then I read this and then I was like, yeah, that adds to my question of the monster so it was called reclusively yours correct mm -hmm. it says um is a reflection on isolation and the passage of time in the life of solitary monsters whether talking to an invisible friend learning new skills or indulging in activities like no one is watching because no one is these monsters find the good and bad in time spent alone so i want to ask you've been doing these amazing monsters in drawing them, um, sculpting them. How did you get to monsters? How did you figure out that style? How do you name them? Cause they have really cute names and they always seem to have not all of them, but majority of them, at least recently too, they're, they're super cute, but then they seem to have something like fries 
or like a, a cute little, you know, a knickknack or something. Like, I, I don't know. I love it. So I'm, I'm interested in, and they're always, you know, like you talk about that they're alone and they're, so are, in your world, monsters are alone? Is this a reflection of Vanessa? Where is this coming from? Um, I, I probably a, a fair reflection of myself. I'm a very solitary creature myself. I'm, I'm really bad with some, I have really bad social anxiety. Mm-mm-mm. So, so you, and you know this because you've invited me to things and I say, <laughs> I'll go. And then I change my mind. And I don't go. <laughs> I'm notorious for this. Uh, so I have really no bad problem. social anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, I guess so. I guess it's, that part's a reflection, but in general, like the overall mood of them come from things I've seen monster, like, not monster, not monsters, they're children. <laughs> my, like my nieces and nephews, uh, my dog. Ooh, Freudian yeah. slip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So like the people around me, um, you know, my dog, things like that. Um, or, you know, I'm just, I guess a, a part of it was also, you know, I think what really unlocked it was taking that, <clears throat> excuse me, character design class. Mm. Um, because you focus on mood and I love animation and, and like stop motion and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I loved it. It's so charming and just so just beautiful. Like one of my favorite movies is um, it's uh, uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Mm-hmm. And C-C-C. the fact that in the movie that these characters were so quirky and funny and then you could see their fur moving like they went that far into that detail. Mm-hmm. Um, so back to the, where he started so i was taking that class and then i had been on the circus postures um boards the I'm aging myself here do you remember uh that they, they used to have all those that was the message boards or whatever yeah. yeah so i was on there and so they had like this drawing thing like draw a monster so i drew this monster but i was going for creepy and you know and initially that was in my head i was like i'm gonna do you know i'm gonna try to go a little scarier but then like all this cute shit kept coming out and i just kept drawing <laughs> monsters and I just, and, then, and Hannah would tell me, she's like, embrace the cute. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to go for it, you know? Um, and yeah, so I would, uh, I, that's kind of like where that whole idea came from. And I, so I just was messing with shapes and character and just kind of emotion. Um, um, you know, what I lacked in, because at the time I was still learning how to sculpt. It all happened very, like me getting into shows and learning to sculpt was happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because that year that that everything started to pick up was a year that I was like, you know what? I'm not big on like, you know, New Year's resolutions or anything, but I was like, I was kind of taking a reflection of where I was and what I wanted to do and what my goals were at that time. And I said to myself this year, you know, because I, again, because I have social anxiety, because, you know, because I was very quick to say no to no. Yeah. That was my favorite answer was no. I was like, you know what? This is a year where I say yes more often, mm. you know? And Hannah decided that year to invite me. And I was like, okay. I was, and I was like, I need to figure this out. So I decided to, to be like, okay, what you lack in skill, you can make up for in expression and making something really cute. So that's kind of what happened. And that's kind of what came out. And then I just kind of leaned into it. And, um, as I got better, I was like, okay, I really want, I don't want all my monsters to look exactly the same. That was a big thing. I was like, you know, I really want to get better with everything that I make. And I, I need to try to figure out a way 
to make this look furry without it looking, without everyone looking the exact same. So mm. I started um, developing the style that I kind of refer to as pedaling, mm. where I basically lay layers over other layers of fur and I give them, you know, try to give them motion and, you know, whatnot. And it's kind of evolved into what my style is now. Um, and yeah, I've just kind of been pushing to get that better and make it smoother and cleaner every time. But um, at the root of everything I do is 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 emotion. Is what is that monster feeling? Yes. What is what's driving it? I, and, and I guess the overall arcing theme at the beginning started with monsters or people too. So I didn't view them as monsters. I viewed them as people. They just happen to be furry with teeth, yeah. or, or or like lizard skin or something. And um, as I was making them, you know, and, and this was from the beginning. I was like, well, you know, if monsters are people too, I drink coffee. Monsters drink coffee. You know, I don't, I don't have a sweet tooth, but I feel like a monster would have a sweet tooth. You know, <laughs> so I would make cupcakes, and you know, I was trying to figure out what I could sculpt that I could let that would you know feed the story or this this idea. I shouldn't even say story. I should just say this concept. And yeah, so. You know, it's a story, Vanessa. It's a story. You tell stories with each one, with your drawings, with your 3D, with your sculptures. You what what you're saying you set out to do. I think you're very successful at because if kids, peeps, I'll have a link to her link tree. But you could also see all of her stuff um, at works in progress and finished things on her Instagram. And you see the expression. You can tell all of them are been in your world they're all from your world they're all from your head but each one has a different expression like oh this one's a little this is a little sad you know or he's real pensive or you know this one's a troublemaker like you could tell so you're very successful at that so i i will say that you that they are stories you're a storyteller with your art yeah i and i agree in that like i when i post them I try to, I try to engage people with these stories that are in my head because I, so what I do, I guess the best I can explain it is whenever I'm sculpting, I like to start with the face because it tells me who they are. Or, you know, I start with either sketches or I just go into the clay and see what comes out. And um, it's, you know, I see what the face is and I see what the expression is and I start to build outwards. And then once I have that, you know, once I'm done sculpting and I get the paint down, um, I like to use like turn of the century names <laughs> and I like to use like nickname versions of them because it feels a little more personal. So I generally will look up those and, and I, and I look at them and I'm like, you do, what do you look like? Who do you look like to me? And then that's how I choose the names. And, um, yeah. That's so what question I was going to ask you too, is like, how do you choose your <laughs> names? Cause like, yeah, I think you had a Bernice and like, yeah, like, like different, <laughs> yeah. you know, the one that the one that I said looks like that one meme of the guy getting in the car. I never knew his name. You know, the one I knew that one meme where the guy's getting in the car and the guy's going, ha, 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 and he goes in the car. And I was like, oh, your character looks like this on Twitter. And you're like, oh, he does. And his name yeah, is Leroy. I, oh, OK, Leroy. OK. All right. So with the, OK, yeah. It took a minute. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. No, you're right. That did look like that. I was cracking up at that one. <laughs> and then I saw his name, and I was like, "His name is Leroy. It fits." It totally fits. <laughs> yeah. So at least in my mind, that's how I see it. You know, I, I I look at them to see what they tell me, and you know, what just seems to fit them. Amazing. And I feel like it kind of adds to it. But 
So the whole reason why I mentioned that is because when I post them, I like to share like little mini stories, but I don't have an overarching story for them yet. Mm. I think because I'm still getting better. I'm still learning. I, I, you have to remember, like, I didn't know anything about sculpting. I, you know, I'm completely self-taught and I've been doing it 10 years now, but it's, you know, it's, it's always different. It's always new. And, you know, I'm just always trying to push it. And I think by adding like accessories and making them a little more complex, um, it, that's my way of like pushing myself and getting better and just giving them a little more personality and a little more story. Yeah. And I see like, um, I don't know if I noticed it before, maybe not a, a lot of them had like you're getting more accessories, more like different piece articles of clothing, not completely covered, but like, which adds to the personality. Um, mm. Super cute. One thing I did want to ask you, and, and maybe it was never a thought, maybe you were like, I don't care, or I don't even notice. But it's something that I noticed going into the toy world accidentally and going into the art world accidentally is I didn't see too. And I think that's why I also gravitated towards you. It's like, I didn't see too many people that look like me. Brown, brown folks in general, let alone brown ladies. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to see what your thoughts were since I I feel like we entered around the same time. Um, And if that, you know, did you notice that? Was that a thing for you? I noticed that there were a lot of men and not men of color um, and definitely not a lot of women and not, not a lot of women of color. Um, and it's interesting to see it evolving. Like um, this, this year, the last couple of years I've been trying to be a little, I think I kind of stayed in my own corner for a lot of the last few years. And I've been trying to kind of reach out a little bit. And I had met a few people like at um, designer con and um, there's a couple that makes toys called Ghost Fox Toys. They're both Latinos mm. and um, really, really sweet people. They live in El Paso, Texas. They live in El Paso, Texas, where I used to live. So we just chit chatted and they're, they're so talented. Both of them are so talented. And I started to see like more people that I've met and, you know, and, and like people are coming up and like learning and stuff and, you know, whatever is their path they end up going. But uh, yeah, I've seen a lot of people come and go in this time. And uh, not a lot of them have been people of color, you know, it's, yeah. it's interesting. When you go to DesignerCon, you don't see a lot. I mean, I shouldn't necessarily say people of color, but definitely not not Hispanic, Latino, Latinx, whatever it is that you go by. Um, um, because there are a lot of like um, really solid artists who are just Asian that are just crushing it, you know, but definitely not not people that look like us. Yeah. And, and I think you being a sculptor is even more of a niche. Do you know what I'm saying? So I'm sure like there, it seems like there's even less representation. So you represent for the art represent for the sculptors in such a interesting way. And for the past, I guess over 10, 10 years, I guess I've been trying to make it to the Latino. I think it's called the Latino comic expo. Every year, I can't make it. And I, I've been dying to go to that because I was like, I feel like I would see artists that I'm looking for. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because so that's the first time I place. heard of that. Yeah. So the first time I heard about that was the year that I made Conchitas. Ah. Um, 
I made conchitas and I had them there. And this group of like um, Latinx people walked over and they were so excited and they were telling me, oh, you should go here. They have a bunch of like bandusas and all this stuff. And I, you know, and I think it was like 2018 and then 2019 ended up being a crazy year. And then obviously the pandemic. So it was just, you know, I just never even got a chance to look into it. So that's the only reason why I even know what it is. Yeah. And I have no idea where it's at or when it is. I just know that that there is one. And they were just saying that they have, like, oh, there's so much there's stuff that would be cool there. Because, But the thing is, that's, like, the only thing that I do that has, that represents my culture, I feel like. Because th- that's the other thing. It's, like, I feel like a lot of people who do, like, what you would consider something representative of your culture tend to people who tend to be people who aren't people of color. <laughs> like there's so much sugar school or, or, or sugar skull and shit like that out there that isn't done by Latinx people. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad thing, but it's like, I just didn't want to jump in that corner. So, you know, every so often, like I do like little mini projects, like I do random stuff too, where I'll like, I make ghosts, I make pumpkins, I make, because I, I don't like to keep myself in a box either. I enjoy the monsters, but I also like having a little outlet to yeah. do random things. And so that's what my resin is kind of at this point. So I made the, the bandusas, a little, um, the conchitas, and um, people really like them. And, and they've been really, really popular. And it's fun to see, like, you know, to get collectors who, are, who enjoy them. And a lot, and I've actually gotten a lot more Latinx collectors that way. But it was my way to kind of represent. And I've had monsters with like little bandusas in their hands and stuff like that. So, yeah, because it's just that's kind of like my little way to kind of represent. So how about this? You're antisocial. I'm super social, but I'm like (laughs) I'm an extrovert introvert, though. People don't know that. So how about this? When the pandemic, if it's ever over or safer or something. So not this year. I think it just passed. So the, the Latino Comic Expo. It moves around. So I think this year was in Long Beach at the Museum of Latin America Art. And then before it was like in San Francisco or Sacramento. So like it travels all around. So next year, if it goes down and it's somewhere within the state, let's roll. Let's roll together. All right. All right. And now it's on here. So I can't say say no, no. (laughs) Yeah. Especially if it's down here, we'll just roll. Um, Because I I feel like, you know, I'd love to see Latin Latinx, Latinx artists that just happen to be artists, but don't do shit. Like if you see their art, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I like, I like to see both of that shit. I like to see because we need more representation in the art that's actually being put out there, but also just some dope Latinx artists. Yeah. I just want to see the people and what they're making and what where how they're expressing themselves it doesn't have exactly. to be this it, it doesn't have to be that it does i'm not looking yeah. for anything specific i just yeah. I, and that's the same here like i'm i'm enjoy i would enjoy seeing how they're how they're expressing themselves yeah, exactly see brown people expressing themselves in so many different ways um that would be dope so please remember you and i we're going right. I'll to check it out peep, peep game um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, okay. So what I wanted to talk about is, have you seen City of Ghosts? We talk about this. I have not. Oh, Hannah and I, we talk about this. We love it so much. Yeah, so you haven't watched haven't it yet. It. I'm notoriously bad for not watching things and not keeping up with things. Okay. So <laughs> I was like, what is her 
your drawings. Like I remember I just loving your drawings because they had personality and everything. But beyond that was they have this, you have this great way of conveying fluffiness and puffiness, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? In your drawings. And I was like, what well, reminds me of something? And so City of Ghosts, my favorite fucking shit. You, have, you guys who are listening, if you haven't watched it, it's this animation. It's about different parts of LA. You're going to cry tears of joy and, and tears of pain. It is gorgeous. It is inclusive. It's everything you want, everything to be out there in the world. And the ghosts are like your drawings. Really? Puffy. They're like That's puffy. Awesome. And I want them. And I want a thing that looks just like I... And I love it so much that, for you know, we're going to be, we're recording this pre-Hallow's Eve, but when, when yours comes out, it'll be post-Hallow's Eve. So my costume is Zelda, which if you watch it, you'll know who that is. She's the main one. She has a brush, has a ghost on it, and she interviews the ghost with the brush. I better get to it then. <laughs> it is I super cute. So anyways, I, I, I'm trying to find the color shirt and shorts. I found a brush that I'm going to paint red. But anyways, you have to watch it because you're going to see this and be like, God damn it. That's so fucking cute. and so fucking fluffy. That's what I think of when I look at your drawings. I'll have to check it out then for sure. Then Fluffy All puffiness. Right. City of ghosts. Check it out, Vanessa. You're going to yeah, love it. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny with the texture thing or like, cause I was like, I didn't want to like put fur. I wanted to really sculpt it. And you know, and I wanted to convey fluffiness, like you're saying, give it volume without mm-hmm. it just making it big. Yes. And yeah, and, and that kind of ended up being, you know, my way of doing it. I'm glad it I'm glad it reads that way. Well, I know with the drawings for sure more because I give it more of that, you know, what I try to do as far as fluffy and convey that. So huh. Yeah. And even in this culture, I mean it's great. Um, so I wanted to ask, what what do you do to stay inspired? How, like, how do you stay inspired? Like, it's hard for me. It's been years, but I think it's also because it's a, for me, it's like a medical thing and I'm being a mom thing and being exhausted and not having bandwidth. So how do, I always ask artists, how do you continue to stay inspired? Um, it's definitely really hit or miss for me. Um, I have moments when the inspiration's gone and I just, I have to trust that my hands are going to do what they need to do. Mm. Um, that's kind of where I started. I I actually hit a really rough patch with creativity, um, a few years back. And that's when I started blind sculpting because before I would, I would sit down and I would just draw a bunch of monsters. Then I would go in and I'd be like, okay, I'm going to sculpt this and sculpt this and sculpt this one. And, um, then what ended up happening was I had no ideas and I was Mm -hmm. like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I started messing with clay and I, I threw away a bunch of stuff because it just wasn't coming out. But I find sometimes when you, when your head is like, cause my head gets very full of all life of real life stuff and whatnot. And it's hard to create when that stuff starts to interfere. Yes. Like you said, whether it's medical, whether whatever it is. And when that stuff is running around in my head, it's nonstop and I can't turn it off. Mm. Um, I basically, I just try to find my, a way to express myself differently. So I'll sit down and I'll just start putting, I'll just make shapes 
with armature and then I'll start popping eyes on things and then little by little, and sometimes they, something happens, sometimes it doesn't. Mm. Um, and I also will go to my sketchbook and I'll see what I drew before. And I'll be like, all right, I'm going to try to sculpt this. And then that sometimes that'll get things going. Um, and those are just kind of like the things that I do. Or sometimes you think you just need time off and you just need to not yeah. do anything because it, it is hard. I, I, you know, I burned myself out a few times because uh, I, I don't know when to stop. Mm. And, and I tend to push myself to the point where like, I can't use my arms and hands. Designer con week, I get to the point where like, I can't hold things. I've, I just sit there and I'm like walking around and I just drop a pencil. I just drop what's in my hand because I, I, I would do that. And that, this is years ago. I've gotten to the point where I knew I needed to change something, mm-hmm. but I just have that really bad habit. I have a really high pain tolerance, mm-hmm. so I can disconnect from my body and push myself further than I should go. Got it. And it's, so it's something that I'm very, very aware of now. But it took years and it took me burning myself out so bad. I think I took, I think I went like quiet and I didn't make anything for like five months or something. Wow. Yeah. I just put everything away and I didn't touch anything. I didn't draw. I didn't sculpt. I didn't do anything for like five months. I didn't take any shows. And I took five months and I said, I can't keep running it this way. So um, I started going to therapy, um, both physical therapy and, um, and a therapist and yes. to try to find a way to kind of like step out of myself and say, okay, we need to stop. We need to think, what are we doing? What can we finish? What, you know, how much, how, how much, how hard, and how far can I push myself? And, you know, I get massages. Um, I do exercises. Yes. I don't push myself to exhaustion anymore. And I stopped accepting as many shows. Nice. Um, because before I just, yes 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 go 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 and you know sometimes you just can't and as much as I would like to do as many as possible it's just not wise I'd rather make better art than more art yeah and it takes it took something drastic like that to happen to you for you to realize that yeah it took burnout and like I had kind of semi burned out before and then I got back into it very quickly and then I burned out, burned out. And it took me hitting that wall to just really figure things out. And and, and it's still something I struggle with because I tend to, like I said, once I'm in that mindset, I push. And that's the big reason why I decided not to do designer con this year is because otherwise I have, there's been times when I've made everything I needed to make. And you've seen my table. Yeah. Like I always have it full. And I will make that in a month. I sculpted. Did you see my big monster? Was in 2019? That real big one I did? Yeah. That one I did in two months. That's ridiculous. That's crazy. I had the armature done, but that's all that fur. Yeah. It's just, and and that's the thing is like, I, you know, I I just, sometimes I just get so focused on on doing things that I forget to stop and and, and to be like, okay, and, and take a check. But it's definitely something I'm working on and I've gotten better at. And, um, yeah, not having to drive to work and stuff like that has really given me time to be, you know, to, to be thoughtful about what I'm doing with my time because I have more time now. Yeah. Not losing two hours a day driving anywhere. It makes a huge difference. And I'm glad to hear it, Vanessa, because 
you know, um, I want to make sure people heard what you said, the, that you went to both physical therapy and mental therapy, you know, where these are, we're two Brown women, uh, that are talking about mental health. This is something that is not, uh, normalized in our communities, but it's great to hear that, you know, you, you, you're went to therapy or you're going, I'm going, I'm in therapy. I mean, it's helped so much. <laughs> Have your kids been in a house playing video games in your space way too long? Now you can get them outdoors and still be social while social distancing at the skate side after school and group skateboarding classes. Skate students get to improve their skating and decompress after a long day or week of school. This program is awesome for beginners to get started or advanced skaters to take their skills to the next level. Go to theskateside.com and learn about our COVID-safe programs in Santa Monica, Culver City, Glendale, and South Pasadena. That's T-H-E-S-K-A-T-E-S-I-D-E dot com. The Skate Side. More kids skating. Yeah, you know, I think I've I've had a lot of personal growth and, you know, and the whole reason why I even mention it is, you know, and, I, and I've mentioned it to, you know, people in passing is because it is not part of the culture. It is definitely frowned upon. It's like, just, you know, get up and get over it, you know? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, yeah, I can get up and get over it, but it stays with you. You carry it, you know, yeah. um, you're just lifting it heavier. It's heavier and heavier and it's just harder. And, you know, it's it's important that people realize that, it's not weakness. And it's something nope. that I struggle with. It's something yep. that I struggle with constantly because it, it, because there's days when it feels like weakness, mm-hmm. and it's not weakness. And I can tell you that I've grown as a person. Um, my relationships have gotten better, um, especially like with my mom and like with my sister and just the way that I, you know, there is a person you are, there's a person that you kind of want to be. Mm-hmm. and you know, and I'm okay with the person that I am, or even then I was, but there are things that I want to change about myself. And I didn't like the relationship I had with my mother. I didn't like how we spoke to to each other. I didn't like the fact that she knew my buttons and she would push them and I would react. And then, you know, and then I made to feel like I was the one that was overreacting. Yeah. So I found that if I removed myself from that situation, it got better, you know, and, and in turn, I felt better. Yeah. And she felt better. And our relationship has grown so much because of that, you know, and, and the thing is she's made changes too, but I definitely think that, you know, therapy was a big part of that. Cause you do have to have those discussions with somebody who you're not related to, who doesn't have, you know, their version of the events. I mean, it's, it's great to talk about them. Like I'll go and talk to my sister and be like, Hey, we talked about this. And like, I get feedback and we discuss it, but like, to have somebody that I can go and talk to in, a, in this quiet, in this space where I'm not embarrassed or I, you know, or, where I don't allow myself to be embarrassed. I don't allow myself to feel the shame. I don't allow myself to feel whatever it is that you feel when you talk to people, you know, yeah. and it's been incredibly helpful. 
Yes. To, to when I tell people I've been an advocate of um, therapy before because people would get kind of cringy back in the days, I'd be like counseling. You know what I'm saying? It's like going to a counselor. Yeah. Um, and it's a, I tell people it's, it's, you're doing the work, but you, you're with the, if, when it's good, it's good. And you have to keep trying if it's not, if you don't feel safe, because it's a safe space with a professional that what they do is they give you the tools. You learn the tools, you figure out your patterns, you figure out what you're doing or, you know, all these different things. And they give you the tools so that it's not like you go in sad and you come out happy. Like, that's no, absolutely not. not. That's work. not the thing. It's it's it's, it's a lot of work, but a lot of work on your part. And it you yeah. you get in, you get out what you put in, and and it's it's fucked up, and it's rough sometimes, uh, because you're putting a mirror to yourself. But the safe space is important. Like I have, you know, I tell people I'm I'm fort. I know that I'm fortunate enough that I have an amazing support group, you know, of people that I can go to. But it's not the same. You know, they're going to ride or die for me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I need a professional so I can tell my deepest, darkest shit and insecurities and everything. And then know the tools, because like you said, you know, in in it sounds like from what you said that you going to therapy was a catalyst. Because the way you reacted, the way you interacted with your mom, then she saw probably saw that. And then she started kind of realizing yeah. things so that she's kind of changing herself. Like the therapy was a catalyst for that, you know? And and I feel like um, the more we talk about it, like it's nothing, the more people be open to get the help, especially yeah. in our communities, which is super important because then that's how we, you know, we 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 clip and um you know stop these cycles and especially being women women of color you know latinas mexicanas like there's so much shit on us just from jump out the womb like shit you it's deal gen- with generational trauma generational you know? trauma and it's just like understanding that and i tell people if you haven't read the book listen to it um or just know the the general philosophy the body keeps the score so it's not weakness but if you don't fucking deal with it it's gonna fucking deal with you you know what oh I'm yeah saying? you you may not want to deal with it but it'll come it, it- <laughs> will start to build and it'll be at the point when you can't keep those things, lids on those things. And yep. you need to, and that's the thing is it's to your own detriment, exactly. you know? And it's, and I have my moments when, when I'm like, okay, I can't do therapy right now, even though I need it. I'm not going to do it right now. You have to take your breaks because it's a lot of emotional labor. Yeah. And but the one thing that I can tell you that I found the best about it is with having a therapist, once you find one that, that you're comfortable with and, you're re- you have to go in there and be able to be like, this is everything. Yep. No holds bar. Like shit, yeah. you never told anybody ever. And shit, and I don't know, tell me if it was like this for you, Vanessa. Was there some shit that, you, that you've said in a session that you've never said to yourself? 100%. That's 100. the shit. There's things I refuse to admit to myself. Exactly. There are things that I've never said to, to anybody in the world. Mm-hmm. And and but the thing and the, I think the thing and then the thing that I kind of gather from it is not only do they, you know, give you the tools, but they ask the questions you would not think to ask. Yep. You know, and yep. those make me think. And that's what's like, OK. And then I go home and I think about it and I think about it. And, you know, and it's it's not easy, but, it, you know, 
having somebody who who knows the questions to ask, yeah. who asks you the questions that you didn't think of, who frames things in a way that you would never think to frame them. In a way for you to understand, in, in a way for you yeah. to understand your shit. I think that for me was like, oh, <laughs> oh, word. Like, oh, yeah. oh, 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 yeah. It's like that. It's like that. What is that? What was it? Who's that show where they like basically like they figured like they didn't realize that they had blinders on or something and it was like the glass breaking. I can't remember, but uh, yeah, and it is. It's like you have these like mini epiphanies. I hate to use that word, throw that word around because it's a big word, but you do. You have these mini epiphanies of like, oh, wait a minute, wait wait a minute, call the phone. I did not think of it that way. What the <laughs> and then you're like, holy shit, that fucking makes sense. That's why I was doing blah 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 blah. And then you're that da, meme. Then you're that meme with like all the the cords. Yeah, going exactly. The lady going, what? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. And you know, and 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 I'm not a woo woo person. I like I like fucking data statistics. And I tell people the books that I recommend that have been recommended to me in therapy the past couple of years. They're researchers, they're doctors, they're, they've done the, the, the studies and they've, um, you know, collected the data. And this is like from Yale and like, this is real shit. Like if you don't deal with your trauma, it physically manifests in your body, you know? Yeah. And I've read like different books when I was having, like, before I decided to go to therapist, I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. You know, cause again, that's, that's something that we do. And so I would go and I would, you know, I'd read something like I'm feeling a certain way and I'd read this book. And I think, I think my real awareness came when I was, I read some Brene Brown books. And that's the thing is, she, oh, I fuck with her. Her stuff is just so straightforward. It is data. And, and the thing is, she tells you these things that you're like, okay, I get it. And it took me a little while after that. But like I would read, I read the books, I listened to the audiobooks, I you know, I, I would listen to her podcasts. And she's just so straightforward. And it's not flowery. It's not, yeah. you know, it's just very straightforward. And she's saying, This is what the data says. And I'm yeah. like, and you know, and and I hated it. And I haven't, you know, I've I've had a, a few therapists, and you know, you have to find somebody who you vibe with and who gets yeah. what you're trying to say. But you also have to get somebody who like really just lays it out there. Yeah, that's not afraid to like call you out on your shit and it's not intimidated by you and stuff. And I think that's a thing too. Like, you know, a lot of people don't, you know, I I kind of intimidate and they push you, they call you out on your shit. And then they, because they're professional at what they do, they've been doing it for a while. They can really read what you're telling them and be like, and then throw it back at you or ask you that one question that's going to make you think like, oh, yeah, no, no, I didn't mean that. <laughs> and, and here's the other thing is don't go in there trying to tell your story so you can find out if you're right. Exactly. Like, go in there and be like, I'm going to be raw. I'm going to. OK, this is so here's this. This is this. This is why I'm here. Yeah. But all this stuff. And the thing is, the funny thing is the reason why you're there is just such a small part of it, because once they start getting into the things that build you. The, you know your 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 little building blocks then you're like oh wait a minute 
this isn't why I'm here. I'm here because this, and this yes. is why this is going wrong. Yes. You know? It's like, they're like, oh, wait, there's all these little doors. Let's open up these drawers. You have all this shit. It's and you're the like, worst. Oh. I'm like, please stop touching my shit, please. <laughs> <laughs> going back to Brennan Brown, dude, when I, I found her, when I, I've gone to therapy in three times in my life. And the, the, the latest time I started, I think it was three years ago. Again, for, and it had been a long time since before that. And I found, I don't know how I found her shit. And I started listening to her books while I had just started therapy or right before I started therapy. So it was like, I was getting on both ends. And every night I walk where we were staying at the time and I'd be like, listen to her. And I was like, I love her because she's, it's data, but she's also from Texas and she's giving it to you rough, rugged and raw when her stories are relatable and she, you know, she cusses a little bit here and there, or she's just like, she's just like the person next door, but that's a fucking, you know, renowned researcher, you know, and I, I love her to death. And I don't know if you watch Ted Lasso. Yeah, oh, yes, I do. Oh, I fuck with Ted Lasso. I love that she, I love that she had the, uh, was it, uh, what's his name? Brett, Brett Goldstein. What's his name? Yeah, I got to watch that. I can't wait to hear that podcast, but I love that show so much. Ah, Talk about, talk about that little drop of joy that you get. Yeah. It's a hug. When I saw the first season, I was like, oh, this is the hug that I need in these trash times. But what I love about it is that they, you know, when you hear him and also um, Jason Sudeikis and the other guy, the co-writer, the second coach, they're on (laughs) Brené's show too. And then oh, Brennan Brown's on Brett Goldstein. Remember, I, I, I sent you his his uh, podcast yeah. about movies. She's on there. And then they talk about how, like, they f- all the writers fuck with Brennan Brown heavy in the writer's room. I, yeah, if people say mention her, I'm like, OK, I'll fuck with you, because honestly, it's just very straightforward. She's yeah. not trying to sell you anything and she's not trying to make bank because she could be fucking making bank right now but she chooses her projects to help the most people and i have so much respect for her uh you know for what she does and honestly if i hadn't stumbled on her ted talk who knows if i would have ever gone to therapy yeah that's real you that's know? big to be honest that's big yeah because it's just you know I, I i at that time i was really struggling with stuff and um, I don't remember how I ended up on her TED. Uh, I, I used to like to watch TED Talks. Yeah. So I just think she ended up playing. And I was like, what? You know, it was literally like being punched in the face or being thrown in cold water and yeah. saying, I didn't view things this way. How interesting. And then I had read a couple of her first books. And those are a little more technical and they're a little harder to get through because I like storytelling, mm-hmm. you know. And so they're not for everybody. Um, I read them. They were good. But like her latest, her later books, like I think, I think um, Braving the Wilderness is my absolute favorite mm. book of hers. That yeah. one speaks to me. You know, I have the audio book and yeah, every so often I just put it on to remind myself like, you know, like right now I'm not in therapy. I'm taking a little breather, but like I try to remind myself of those things and that, you know, I'm going to have to get back to it because it is, it's a constant work and, you know, and I've made huge strides but you know there's there's always more work to be done i just have to be in the right it has to be the right time for me too and sometimes when sometimes when it doesn't feel like the right time it's the right time anyway but yeah you know it's probably when you need it the most yeah it could be a sign that it's the right time (laughs) 
But yeah, man, Brenna Brown, I mean, I hope one day I get to meet her somehow, some way, but she fucking, I know if it wasn't for therapy in her books at that time where it's just everything fucking collided and then it opened up my world to even more, um, you know, researchers and psychologists that do research on like happiness and like all these different things. And I was just like, yes, this is everything that I need that that's proven and is helpful and stuff. But thank you, yeah, thank you so I'm, much, I'm Vanessa. I'm not a warm hugs person. I'm not like a warm hug, kind of like soft talking book person. Like I've tried, I'm like, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel sincere. Exactly. And, and I Brenda think Brown that's is sincere. Yeah, she's exactly. like, there's no bullshit. You know, she's, she's, she's a um, recovering alcoholic. She tells you up front and it's just like, okay, this is the, we're dealing with this right here, right now. You know, and I think also just being Texas, so, you know, from Texas, like, uh, I'm not from Texas, but um, my brother's father is. So we go to Texas every year and there's a certain thing, you know. Um, OK, thank you so much, Vanessa, for allowing us to go into this, this de- a little bit deeper, because I think it's so important. And I think. Especially we all have, is- you know, issues or we're very, you know, but I think especially as creatives. I feel sometimes, at least for myself, we tend to be a little bit more in our head and with oh, yeah. our emotions. And, you know, we go into to some deep, dark places. And I feel it's even more imperative to, to seek therapy. And right now I'm at, a, I'm at a point where I'm once a month. But earlier this year, I was every fucking week. Like, do you know what I'm saying? And she was like, she's like, I think we're good. I think you're on the other side. Like, are you sure? <laughs> and I was like, she's like, so we can like stop it. And then if you want to continue, come back. And I was like, uh, can we just go once a month? I was like, I just need to check in. Like, just in case. You never know this that, world. It's good, though, because it's like sometimes, you know, like if you quit it, you, st- you know, you kind of forget. And this yeah. way you have like a little touchstone kind of to remind you of those tools or, or what it is that you're trying to do. Yeah. And I find myself when you were saying that, you know, it's we lay it all out. At least once every session, I always say, you know, but because to be 100 percent honest, because <laughs> I'm about to go in like, you know, I'm about to say <laughs> some shit. Um, but yeah, man, it, it's very important. Uh, okay, let's go into, before your time is up with me, let's go into the questions and comments from the audience. Um, let me let you, I'm going to say the question and comment and let me let you guess who it's from. Oh, shit. <laughs> Congratulations on crushing another solo show at Stranger Factory. We have one question for you. Is yesterday's prize today's prize? <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely not Hannah. No, I don't know who that would be. Yeah, that's that's Hannah and, um, and Roger. Oh, she's yeah. so crazy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Love them. Oh, and yeah. I, you know, great convince her to be to be on. Uh you know, she's oh, like, I okay. She's like, right. I don't know what I talk about. I'm not in the art world. I go, I don't just talk to artists. <laughs> I talk to the people because the people I uh, like and I like their journeys and I like their stories. You know. Hannah is an incredibly intelligent, sincere person. And I, you know, I am incredibly lucky to have met her and to be able to call her a friend. 
Yes. Uh, she's uh, her and Roger have been some of the kindest people to me. They have been like my hype team since the beginning. I wouldn't be where I am today if not for her. Because she said she was like, when I would go to, I'd be like, you know what? I don't, I don't know if my idea is creative enough for this. She's like, you're going to be in the show. She's like, and she would force me. And that's the thing is like, she, she really helped me as far as like coming out of my shell and my, and, and pulling me out. Cause she, she recognized what, what I was, the, the, mm. how introverted and, and my social awkwardness and, you know, and the issues that I had with that, you know, and she would invite me to, she's like, come to the opening. And then I would show up and she'd be like, okay. But like, and then she'd be like, I, I think like the first time I went, I only stayed for like an hour, but also like I had hurt myself because I hurt myself all the time. <laughs> and so I left, or I was sick. I think I was sick. And I ended up, and I, I didn't want to interrupt her because she, she was a curator. And so I just left and she's like, she, she texted me. She said, did you really leave? I was like, yeah, I wasn't feeling well. <laughs> and then she's like, so then the next time she's like, come to the opening, but also let me know when you're going <laughs> to okay. little by little. And like, we would get together for dinner and stuff. And, you know, and she's good people and she's an incredibly intelligent person. So I'll, I'll try to push her to do it. But yes. Because she has an incredible story. And I feel like she's helped out some people. Like I know a lot of people she, she's I've been in a couple of her shows. So she's been gracious like that to me. And also I've met people through her. And, you know, just because you feel that you're out your your legacy and contribution in those different worlds don't disappear and i feel like she has so much to talk about so yeah hannah you're gonna be i'll on. try you're yeah hannah be better do it <laughs> you're okay. telling me to do things <laughs> exactly <laughs> tables a turn tables a turn okay before we head out let's do the not so rapid fire questions the aka slow as hell questions vanessa three words to describe yourself <laughs> um I can't even describe myself, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> um, quiet, um, tired, and caffeinated. Caffeinated. Okay, okay. <laughs> What's the best piece of advice you've received? Um, See, we talked about Hannah. Now all I can hear is her fucking voice in my head. And all I hear her saying is, just say yes. Just say yes. <laughs> um, that's probably one of the best ones. Just say it. I mean, it's changed your life. Yeah. Saying yes did change my life. And honestly, yeah. it did. And even if you don't say yes all the time, like say yes more often than you normally would. I mean, just, I mean, here's the thing is, don't be afraid to fail. That's it. And that's it. That's what that ends up being. It's because yeah. failure is part of life. You're going to fucking fail. You're going to eat shit. But the important thing is what you do after that. Exactly. That speaks volumes of a person when you fail yeah. or you fuck up. And I feel like it, it's it's saying yes, but also being able to recognize when you should say yes. Like, oh, this is making me nervous. Like, I'm a little nervous about this because it's out of my comfort zone. That, Leading to that fear. Yes. Yeah. Leading it's to like, that fear. Ooh, okay, fuck it. Let me do it. Fuck my it. first show. Like, even like when I first was offered a solo show, I was petrified. I have never made that many pieces. And I almost had a nervous breakdown at the end of it. I was like, 
two weeks away and I was like, I'm like weeping to my sister. I don't know how I'm going to finish this, but I did it. And I learned a lot and I'm, I don't get that. I'm, I'm better now, but you know, <laughs> it's tough, but saying yes is scary. It's hard. And even when you don't know if you're going to be able to do it, obviously don't say yes to things, having no intention to follow through. That exactly. is a no, but you know, say yes to things that scare you. It just makes it so much better. Exactly. Okay. Next question. Song to get you hyped. What's your, what's your go-to <laughs> song or songs? My go-to? Um, let's see here. Um, so I would have to say around the time that I started getting hype, I was more into metal. So it's um, Atreyu's Creature. Okay. Yeah. And I, I, for me, it's kind of a hype song because it's telling you to like that, you know, basically kind of what I said earlier is basically be the person that you want to be or yourself. Don't let the world change you, but also don't hold yourself back. And that's literally what the whole song's about. So that's my hype song. And when I'm feeling stupid and I just need like stupid hype, it, I oh, and this is this is because of the rest of development. I always put on uh, the final countdown by Europe. <laughs> <laughs> Classic as well. Classic as well. I, I'm gonna add peeps. If you don't know, I have um a word to your mama guest hype list playlist on spotify so don't put mine on there it's gonna ruin the whole list (laughs) no no it's a it's a crazy mix of songs i mean we have everything from um elton john to fetty wap i mean the whole gamut because that's the the, so trey you creature is is screamo so that should be fun (laughs) it'll be great it's gonna be great so i'm gonna add this to the list we'll have a link uh what i like to do in the show notes is whatever songs uh, my guests say I have a, a YouTube link to those to those songs, and then I'll ha- add the the link to the playlist. Final question, Vanessa: What will be your legacy? My legacy will be is. Probably have something to do with black hoodies. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I've gotten there. You know, I I probably should know by now, but I don't know that I have a legacy to leave. I I just I don't see myself having a legacy. I just you know I, I'm a simple person. I make monsters. I wear black hoodies. <laughs> no, your legacy. I'm gonna tell you what your legacy is because you're an, you're an artist and you're a storyteller and your legacy is at least from right now and who's to say how your art will evolve but so far Vanessa you've just like Ted Lasso have put joy into the world have given people joy little hugs little uh, oh my god that's so cute oh my god I want to grab it and crush it into pieces and spread it around like dominoes your legacy is your artwork you bring joy to people well, if I guess if I can bring somebody a smile or, you know, and I'm super appreciative because so many people have bought so many of my monsters from the beginning. Um, and if I can bring a little bit of joy to them, then I guess that's my legacy. Yeah. Success, Vanessa. You've succeeded in that. And that would be your legacy. Vanessa, thank you so much for being on Word to Your Mama. I appreciate it because I know that you do have this um, social anxiety and 
I saw that you had done a live thing. So kudos to that. And I wanted, I remember telling you about that. I was like, it's not live. We're, we're not live. It's recorded. <laughs> um, so thank you so much because I know it's not your thing. And I appreciate you coming on and especially going above and beyond and sharing real personal shit that I feel is so fucking important to our community. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you. Thanks. Thank you so much for having me. And um, I think it was an important conversation to have. Yeah. Don't forget, we're going to the Latino Comic Expo. All right. I'll look it up. And I'm going to be prepared to say yes. yes. <laughs> and now, introducing the Supernatural Bear Corner. Supernatural Bear. Yo, 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 what are my Autobots and Decepticons? Dang, haven't said that in a while. <laughs> Today's episode is all about Miss Vanessa Ra- Ramirez? Ramirez. Ramirez. Woo! That Mexican tongue. <laughs> Gotta practice the like a machine gun. Bilingui, bilingui. Bilinguis. Anyway, she's an, ama- she's an amazing artist. She makes beautiful clay sculptures. And trust me, they are cute. My mom will put a link to them down in the description below if there is one. I'm not show sure. Notes, show notes. Show notes. Yeah, show notes. Sorry. I'm kind of still new to this podcast stuff. Anyway, she's an amazing clay sculptor, and she makes them so realistic, but at the same time, so cute. And my favorite one is, well, the biggest one there is. Biggest one with a small head. I forget the name, though. I think it was Joe? Joseph? Maybe. I don't remember. Maybe. But uh, anyway, this has been the SNB signing off. She'll be down. Yeah. There it is. Episode 51 of Word to Your Mama with the amazing Vanessa Ramirez. You know, just two Mexicans talking about art, talking about mental health. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else you want. You know, you could ask for in an episode. But there it is. Also, as I am late to the game and just started watching the morning show, as I was editing this episode, I was like, um, she used to have morning show hours. She'd get up just like they would to start getting to work at the same time. Crazy. Also, the supernatural bear rolling his R's. A very, that was a very proud moment as a couple of days ago, he was saying that it was hard for him to do that. And he just did it on the spot. So proud Mexican, Latino, Latinx, uh, Latinx, Latine moment. Now take it. It's, it's, it's recorded for prosperity. 
Thanks again to everyone and their support. We have some special episodes coming up to wrap up the year and then we'll take a little bit of time off, but we'll still be posting some gems, some classics from the year before. And uh, you can become a patron as you heard earlier, or if you just want to do like a one-off donation with no commitment, you go to wordtomyourmama.com. We got a donate page. Or, oh, you want to get something for something? Go to the store. There's pins, there's tea towels, there's um, little bags. What are they called? Tote bags, all kinds of stuff like that. So thanks again. And we may or may not have something new cooking that we might unveil within the next month. Something special, something within the live airing live situation. I don't know. We're working on it, but we'll keep you posted. All right, then, as always, we reap. Word to Your Mama is owned and produced by Ritsi P. Intro beat produced by Nico Beats. If you want to know more, you want to email us, you want to get the media kit, go head over to wordtoyourmama.com. Word to Your Mama is now part of the Latina Podcasters Network. And as always, Word to Your Mama is brought to you by ritzperiwinkle.com.